Greetings and welcome to Trauma and Social Work Podcast. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen or pencil, a cup of warm tea, and let's get down to business. Disclaimer, this podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Welcome to episode three of Trauma and Social Work. Today, we are going to look at what happens at the beginning of a child abuse and neglect investigation. First, someone must suspect child abuse. It can be anyone. However, some are mandated by law and they must report it if they suspect child abuse. Then, some are concerned about the welfare of a child, so they report it. It could be a neighbor, family member, a friend, or even a concerned citizen. Then there are those who make false reports, and this is because of their own issues. In general, Once a person has a child abuse concern, they call the child protection hotline in their county. Be prepared to wait on hold. This is not a fast process all the time. I waited four hours one time to report child abuse and and neglect concerns. The intake worker will ask you many demographic questions. So come prepare with as much information as you have at that time. What the Child Protection Hotline determines at this stage is if there is sufficient information that meets the state law to open an investigation. I have found that this differs depending on the county. Some counties will provide consultation. Some counties will take the information down as a notice. And some counties will open an investigation of abuse. Once the information is provided to the child protection hotline and it warrants opening an investigation, the process and timeframes begin. This part of the process is considered the referral stage. There are two parts. One is the referral and the other is the case. During the referral, the federal mandates offer broad timeframes for investigations usually a response within 10 days, and urgent matters occur within one to three days. Once again, this differs depending on the state and the county you are located in. What happens next? The investigation will include demographic information and reports of concerns of abuse and neglect. The investigation will get assigned to an emergency response social worker The emergency response worker receives a certain amount of training in areas of child abuse and neglect. Each county will have policies in place to direct how an investigation is initiated and completed. Here are a few points to remember. 
In my opinion, social workers should explore all forms of abuse, neglect, and exploitation, even if this is not noted as the initial concern on the initial investigation. There are many perspectives about inquiring into all forms of abuse or neglect, and there is lots of debate. However, this is where I stand. Typically, social workers will talk with everyone living in the house and those who have access to the children. They may want to contact the children's school, their doctors, and other professionals who have contact with the child and the family. A thorough investigation will be an exploration, information gathering, and finding documentation to support or discredit the child abuse allegations. This can be done in a matter of minutes if the situation is urgent, or a matter of days, usually 30 days, but I have seen investigations go on for months. Some preliminary information is conducted. The social worker then will leave his or her office to respond. Knock, knock. My name is Tanya Octave and I am here to investigate abuse and neglect allegations. Oh, I had to take a breath. This brought back some memories, some good and some bad memories. What can parents do when and if they receive that knock on the door? I used to think, well, just don't open the door. However, the investigation does not stop and social workers can show up at other places, a child's school, a child's doctor's appointment, a family party, grocery stores, pretty much any other place a child can be located. I have done investigations even on holidays. Unfortunately, I had to secure the safety of two children on Halloween even before they went trick-or-treating. Yes, this bothered me. Yes, I felt terrible. I'm human. Their parents were clearly unavailable and under the influence of heroin, so it was hard to find family and friends who could care for them. Yes, I did take them trick-or-treating before placing them in a foster home. But these are the things many social workers do because that's probably why they wanted to become a social worker in the first place. Then I used to think, well, open the door and ask to see if they have a warrant. In certain situations, social workers will knock on the door with the police and sometimes it's even best practice to bring the police for a collaborative assessment of abuse and neglect. So if the social worker has a warrant, and this is highly possible, then by law, you can let them begin their investigation or you can fight the process. I recall one case in which a parent, a mom, wanted to protest the warrant and not allow me to access the child in her home for abuse concerns. Unfortunately, law enforcement was present. She resisted many requests. Things escalated. The helicopters were called and she ended up in jail. This is not what social workers want to happen in their investigation. My intention was to ensure the child was visibly okay 
and get medical treatment for a child within a day or so. Yes, the child was cleared medically and I worked hard to get the child back in the mom's home within the week. As a social worker, I didn't get caught up in her anger. As I say, this is a form of trauma reenactment. When someone feels their life or the ones that they love are in danger, they go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. So let's say you decided to allow the social worker to invest the allegations of abuse or neglect. I, as a parent myself, would speak with the social worker first. Most important, I would remain calm because if I get agitated, then I will not think clearly. So I may ask for a few moments to gather myself. Now, the social worker may not want to wait, but I would ask for his or her patience, collect myself, and then try to address their concerns. I would ask about the details of what was reported and I would inquire what was needed to disprove these allegations. Here are just a few things I would do. I would always take the child to the pediatrician for physical, sexual abuse concerns or severe neglect. I would obtain documents from local law enforcement agency if they've ever responded or never responded to my home for domestic violent concerns. I would document all my efforts and request paperwork from schools and mental health professionals if there were concerns of emotional abuse. Now, if there were concerns of substance abuse, I'm not sure I would submit to a random drug or alcohol test. I have heard way too many things about this process. Let me clarify. I'm not concerned that I would test positive for drugs or alcohol, or even that there would be a false positive test. My concern is with civil rights, and if the request is culturally biased and racially motivated. However, I would consult with an attorney who is an expert in the field, not just any attorney, but a lawyer who works in the field of child abuse. Now, as part of full disclosure, like we talked about in episode one, yes, I have received the knock at my door. I was in total shock. A social worker showed up to my house to investigate concerns of child abuse and neglect. I had mixed emotions and I'm an expert in the field. I went from angry to sadness to disbelief and probably back to anger again to feeling shame to calmness and then to forgiveness. I did allow the social worker to complete her process. She spent time with each person in the house. She followed up with other family members and she may have even reached out to my kids' schools. I'm not sure of everything that happened, but in the end, the investigation was closed. So I say this to keep in mind, anyone can call the child protection hotline and report child abuse and neglect allegations. I have seen investigations on judges, lawyers, doctors, high-profile business leaders, politicians, actors, and other professionals. It is the job of the social worker to investigate to see if there 
is anything that supports or discredits these claims. Although the reporting party is protected by state law and should not be released to anyone, I find that most people have an idea of who the reporting party is based on what may be going on currently in their life. Special note, special note to all my parents. Please note any and everything you put on social media, send to friends and family and distribute electronically in any way can be used as evidence to substantiate allegations. To all my emergency social workers, use these platforms as they are a resource to you and to the public to help you during your investigations. I hope this gives you a small piece of the child abuse investigative process. The goal was to talk about the early process of emergency response investigations. One, things that happen to families before they get the knock on the door. Two, things to consider when you hear, knock, knock, my name is Tanya Octave and I am here to investigate abuse and neglect allegations. Disclaimer, this podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. this podcast please share it with others like below and subscribe to my channel I will end by saying the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself ancient comedic proverb